Happy Father's Day. Happy, happy Father's Day to all of the men in the room. Because trust me, I know that there are some of you that have been a dad or a brother or an uncle or a grandpa to somebody who needed you to be in their life. And for that, we thank you for doing that. And we thank you for being that person in their life. I would not be who I am today without an amazing father. I miss my dad every day. I lost my dad in 2002. I was in my 20s. And losing my dad was one of the hardest places in my entire life. And not because I couldn't figure it out because he had raised a kid to figure it out, but because I had to figure out a world without my dad. Dads are special. Don't think for a minute that you are not something special to somebody. When you have shown up in their life and you've been a mentor in their life, don't think for a minute that you are not special. So men, we celebrate you today and we thank you and we honor that today. We have a special gift as you leave today that you will get. And trust me, you do not want to miss it because it's all full of calories. But it's Sunday, so it's Jesus calories, so that's okay, right? Amen? Woo! So we are in the middle of a series. I don't know, man. Josh, every time you sing that song, I can barely get up here and talk. Dude, good night. Amen, Corner. I need to know you're here. Really? I think, there you go. Thank you, Lynn. We are going to finish, um, we've got two more weeks in a series that we've been doing, but I'm excited about today because it's a story we've all known. We heard it in Sunday school. Even if you didn't go to Sunday school, you know the story of the prodigal son. But it's going to be a little bit different today, so don't tune out because you know the story. We're going to go at it a little bit different today. But our series has been finding yourself in God's story. Finding yourself in God's story. So I'm going to read, if you want to turn your Bibles, phones, iPads, whatever you had, to Luke 15, starting at verse 11. Luke 15, starting at verse 11. Jesus said a certain man had two sons. Now remember, this is a parable. So this doesn't necessarily mean this is a true story. This is Jesus making a point. So he's telling this story on purpose. A certain man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. Then the father divided his state between them. Soon afterwards, the young son gathered everything together and took a trip to a land far away. There he wasted his wealth through extravagant living. When he had used up his resources, a a severe food shortage arose in that country, and he began to be in need. He hired himself out to one of those citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. Y'all, that's gross. If you know anything about pigs, it's just gross. 
He longed to eat his fill from the pig, what, from what the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food, but I'm starving to death. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Take me on as one of your hired hands. So he got up and he went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. Then his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, quickly, bring out the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fattened calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He is lost and is now, he was lost and now is found and they begin to celebrate. But here's the rest of the story. Now his older son was in the field. Coming in from the field, he approached the house and heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked, what is going on? The servant replied, your brother has arrived and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he received his son back safe and sound. Then the older son was furious and didn't want to enter in. But his father came out and begged him. He never disobeyed your instruction. Yet you've never given me as much as a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours returns, after gobbling up your estate on prostitutes, you slaughtered the fattened calf for him? Then his father said, son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost, and now he is found. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So how... Do you see yourself in this story? Have you been the prodigal son that walked away? Have you been the father that kept watch over his son even from afar? Or have you been the son 2.0 that stayed and helped his dad yet feel slighted? I think there is something to learn from all three of these characters. I think if we are completely honest, we have been all three of these characters at some point in our lives. So today I thought we would do something a little bit different. I thought we would find ourselves in each one of these characters today. Because we've all been there. Some of these characters we live into a little bit better than we do others, don't we? So we'll start with the one that we always talk about, the prodigal son. And we'll talk about the lesson that we learned from him is this, expectation is everything. You're like, what are you talking about? You see, the prodigal son had many expectations in this story. Prodigal means spending money or resources recklessly, wastefully, and extravagant. Here's the deal. The first one we know all too well. I want my money and I want to get out of here. 
I'm tired of this. This isn't for me. Even though I was raised here, this isn't my thing. I need my portion. Now, granted, it really wasn't his portion. It was his dad's. But it's what he knew he would get one day. So I need this so I can really go see what the world is like. He gets out there and he finds out his expectation is way off. Then he has to eat with the pigs. But then something happens because he realizes the people that work for my dad eat better than what I'm eating right now. So what happens to the prodigal son is that he says, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask forgiveness and I'm going to say, dad, I don't want to be your son. I just want to be one of your servants because I know then I won't die and have to eat with the pigs. His expectation changes. Then his expectation when he pulls up and his dad sees him changes. Because dad said, oh no, you're not going to be my servant. We're going to put you on a new robe. I figure it's pretty and purple. And I'm going to give you a new ring. And we're going to celebrate you today. His expectation once again is wrong. What is our expectation? We think we have it all figured out and what this world tells us and what this world gives us and what we think we need and what we think we want and then we get out there and the next thing we know, it is all gone and fallen apart and we're sitting there eating with the pigs. And you sit there and you sit there but in your own shame, in your own pride, whatever that might be and you finally realize, Why am I doing this? I can be eating like my dad's servants. I just need to get up and go ask forgiveness. And then when you go to Jesus, what does he do? He stands there with open arms and he says, all is forgiven, just come home. Expectations. Sometimes they are everything. What is your expectation and how you see God and how God loves you? Where you are in this journey in your life and where you've been and where are you going and the reason you are here today. What I promise you, whatever you've been, wherever you're going, whatever is happening, he stands there with open arms and he says, all is forgiven. All is forgiven. Just come home. He doesn't even say you got to go get that pig smell off. He doesn't say, dude, you need a haircut and then you can come in. Matter of fact, he clothes you. He honors you for being back. That's what God does. When God is working, the only expectation we didn't know is that the goodness of God is working in our lives every single minute of the day. I didn't hear an amen on that one. Did you know that? The expectation you always need to understand is that the goodness of God is always working on your behalf. And Selah. And Selah, that's right. With God, what we are expecting and what we actually see happen 
are very seldom the same. What I know I deserve and what God gives me are never the same. I don't deserve anything that God has given me in my life. And yet, it's never what I deserve. So what we deserve and what we get from God are never the same. When the prodigal son arrived back home, his father was ready for him and welcomed him back with open arms. So we learn today about father, that grace always wins. Amen. Think about this. Grace always wins. It's not just love. Love always wins. Amen. We're celebrating that this month, but grace always wins too. Because the grace of God is not something you and I could ever, ever obtain to understand. It's something that God did for us. I think there simply comes a point when you are a parent that you just know you can never give up on your kids. I also realize today, and I want to say this openly, that for some of you, Father's Day is a really scary topic. Some of you have nightmares when you think of your parents. Some of you have had a long road with your parents. For some of you, you sit there and you go, almost hearing that is hard for me. But if you had no idea of how much God loves you and created you on purpose and said you were mine there's an element that begins to change when you understand, okay, my father may not care for me, but my God loves me. So I get that Father's Day for some isn't easy. For me, I have to tell you, I had the best dad in the whole world. My dad was like my favorite person. He was about six foot five and the shortest of his brothers. Don't even ask where I came from. I have no idea. <laughs> My cousins, I had chick cousins that were six foot and six foot one tall. And then there's me. But what I did get when I lost my dad is I got then an amazing father-in-law. And my father-in-law is here periodically. You'll get to see him. But I think about the men in my life along the journey in my life. And my father in love is really what I call him. It's been that person for me. And he's this very engineer brain, right? And then he gets this very creative daughter-in-law. And he has no idea what do I do with that. So when I go to ask him questions, he just giggles at me and proceeds to answer. Then I think about the men in my life that are here. I mean, there's a gentleman around here all the time that takes care of us. His name is Rusty. If you guys ever get to see Rusty, you find him. I mean, there's, he's just, as, as my BK and my kid both say, he's just a good human. And he's always taking care of, there's always these men in our lives that do watch out for us. Not everybody's a bad guy. Then my kid, 
has the best dad in the whole world. He does. My kid has the best dad in the whole world. And he is, like Rusty, just an awesome, crazy, good human. And what I can tell you about all of these men is the grace that they give, the love that they show, just like this father. And the scripture says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. Now let's put that up there, Jackie, so they can see that. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and moved with compassion. The father kept an eye on his boy, even though he was a long way away. This father was ready at any given moment to extend grace to his boy because he just wanted him home. There is nothing worse than knowing your kid suffers, but there is nothing better than knowing that there's this loving place when you get to extend grace. When you get to extend grace. We all have to learn what it means in so many different ways, really, to understand grace. We have been in places where someone, though, has shown us grace. We've been in places in our lives where we've been that prodigal son. We decided to take it off on our own. And aren't we thankful that our friends went, yeah, I'll be here when that relationship doesn't work out. Or, hey, I'll be here for you even though you've gotten too busy and, and I know you've got a new job, but I'm here when you need me. Absolutely. Or how about church? When we get too busy to go to church and life gets crazy and things happen, but then where's the first place we go when life gets hard? Amen. It's because grace, grace is always extended. Where God is, there is grace. I also look in this room and I have to tell you, you got to always think about the brother 2.0 in this story. You do. Because is life really about being fair? I mean, your brother leaves, takes half the money and, and leaves you to do with the estate. And all the business that goes with that and anything your dad needs. So now you've gone from, from doing one brother's job to doing two brother's jobs. After a hard day of working, you come home, you see a party going on and they tell you, yeah, guess what, your brother is back. And you're like, oh, really? Some of us from Texas would say, well, bless his heart. But here's the point for me and how I see myself in this story. Is life really about being fair? I mean, I look at some of you and you're six foot tall. Is life really about being fair? I look at some of you and you put on a little bit of makeup and you're just stunning. Is life really about being fair? Is it? Is it really? 
Now, I understand, though, that this is a way bigger deal than how tall or how short or what you look like. This is, this is a guy that has been faithful to his father when his brother took off. And that feels bad. That hurts. And it isn't fair. He isn't wrong in what he said, just like the Pharisee two weeks ago wasn't wrong in what he said about the tax collector. But once again, this story reminds us when we see ourselves in the story, where's the why? Why is life maybe not fair? Is it because we go back to what our expectation is? Or maybe we've forgotten to be a little grace-filled? But here's the thing we do not know. And this is what his brother didn't know. Brother 2.0 had no idea that his brother's intention when he came back was to say, listen, I just want to be a servant. I'm not trying to be your brother. I know I messed up. So 2.0 has no idea that his brother has come back to say, I'm sorry. And not just I'm sorry, but please just let me live like a servant. Are we the prodigal son with low expectations of God's grace and then God's grace comes in and blows our mind? Are we this faith-filled, grace-filled father who is waiting in the arms to always give grace? Or are we this brother 2.0 that is saying, you know what, it's not fair. And it's not that he's wrong, but is being fair really what it's about? There are a million times in our life that we've been one of these three characters. And the sad part is we probably will be again. I think in the end it is because it wasn't fair that Jesus had to die on the cross. It wasn't fair that church people said, you know what, we're going to let a thief go. So this man who did nothing can die for you and me. Is that fair? Was it fair that not only did they, they kill him, but they took every bit of shame they possibly could away from him. Is that fair? Is it fair then that when he would rise again from that grave and apply that grace and that mercy and that curtain was torn, that every single day you and I get to live into that? Amen. Because if we're all honest in this room, we don't deserve that either. So is that fair? Is it fair? No. But is it grace? Yes. And is it grace that he will give to you one more time every single day? Yes. Is it a grace where he says, I don't care where you've been. And even though you've lived a, a better life, whatever that means, than this person, I don't care. I love you both. And my grace is sufficient. That means my grace is sufficient even when it seems unfair. 
My grace is sufficient when I'm having a bad day. My grace is sufficient when things in your life seem like they're falling apart and you want to blame everything around you and you may be right, but my grace is still sufficient. You know what that means? It's more than enough. It's more than you're ever going to need. And it's more. It's more than we're ever, ever going to need. My grace is sufficient. So what is your expectation? Are you grace-filled with that expectation? And are you saying, is it really about, is life fair? As we close today, and we celebrate the amazing men in our life, I always find this story interesting that there's not one mention of a woman in this story. Where's mom? Where's mom in this story? Mom was probably cooking, doing something. Who knows what mom was doing? But there's something very real about the fact that it was a father. A father who nurtured. A father who loved. A father who said, I love this son and I love this son. This son's just in a different place than this son. That's what Jesus does to us every day. We don't feel deserving. He says, you know what? You deserve it as much as that person does. You deserve it as much as she does. He does. You deserve my grace. You deserve my love. Father, I thank you. I thank you for these characters that we get a chance to go, where do I fit in this story? Am I a person that's had to figure it out on my own and my expectations have been all out of whack? Or have I been that person that has just been waiting to offer grace when it was needed? And sometimes that waiting has been long. But oh God, it has been worth it. Or maybe I see myself in this story as the brother, God, who feels like it has been unfair. And the truth is it hasn't been fair. But God, is it really about being fair? Father, I thank you. I thank you for the God that you are. I thank you for the men in this room. I thank you, God, for this time. I thank you for this time that we get to just lay down who we are. And God, we get to become what you have called us to be. We give you glory and we give you honor in your precious name. Amen.